All right, so we're here. The finale of my anxiety and depression series this is part four. Um, there's honestly a lot more I could talk about about this. So I might do another sequel to this, you know, a little time from now uh, to continue this because I was taking notes for today's part and I was thinking about a lot of things that I didn't hit in the beginning of the week that I kind of forgot about. Not forgot about, but kind of overlooked because I put I made a lot of notes. I'm pulling them up now. And I was like, shit, I didn't hit this, 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 this. There was like probably a good five, six things that I didn't hit that I wanted to really touch on. And I think another series with a different outlook, you know, different perspective on things will be really good. So Today, I want to cover a bunch of things, actually. It's going to be a variety of things, and I don't have my closure statement at the end. So, <clears throat> the number number one, the, the first thing I want to hit, and it's a very important thing I want to talk about, is being gullible to how much the steroids were affecting me. Now, I talked about this at the end of the last part, if you watched it. And I was underestimating the power of steroids. So what I mean is not the way they physically change me, but the way they mentally change me. So time and time again, I've seen bodybuilders become suicidal, become depressed, become miserable, become lonely, become a, a shell of themselves because of contest prep time. And that's when I really decided to reevaluate what I was doing in my life. Cause I'm like, I'm taking all these hormones, if you want to call them, not steroids, hormones at one time. And then I'm cold Turkey stopping them all for a show. And then I'm not hopping back on the same hormones. I'm getting on different ones to do something else, but parallel pretty much the same thing. And when I put it back, when I put that on paper in writing and read it to myself, I was like, what the fuck do I expect is going to happen to me after a show? And I was realizing that my depression was only getting worse because of the contest prep. During the off season, excuse me, throat is bothering me. During the off season, I was pretty much on cruise control. Nothing really bothered me. I didn't really have any ups and downs. I was uh, pretty consistent. Obviously, I had lows. I wasn't like this upper chirpy guy every day. Obviously, everyone has like, you know, days they're not feeling the best. But for the most part, I was a happy individual. When it came contest prep time, that's when I really noticed a big difference in myself. And I noticed it was leaving scars. So every contest prep, I would come out a different person. Whether it was good or bad, there was always a little bit of bad attached to it. I don't know what's in my throat. And um, I noticed (coughs) (coughs) what I noticed is I didn't like the way I was the person I was. I didn't like the person I was becoming after each prep. I I was a little more timid. I was I had a little more anxiety. I had a little more anxiousness to me. And I. There was a lot of other things that went along with it, but it just didn't make sense to me why I kept doing this to myself when I knew it was not helping me in the long run. 
Now, I've seen plenty of bodybuilders that aren't famous or popular, you wouldn't even know who they are, lose their fucking mind because of too many contest preps. Because of one thing or another that got to them, the hormones got to them, their girlfriend got to them, not looking the way they want got to them, whatever it was, it was a mixture of a bunch of things, end up losing their mind. They kill themselves, they kill somebody, they beat up somebody, they they beat up their girlfriend, they, they hurt themselves with drug abuse, they overdose, they... Rob a bank. They don't, they've done the craziest shit. And I'm like, these hormones cannot be fucked with like the way we are. We are playing Russian roulette with hormones, steroids. Not even talking about the party drugs I was doing at the time. We're just talking about the steroids I was doing. And I realized that these things were affecting me more than I thought mentally. I thought I was this strong fucking alpha dude. I didn't feel I wasn't penetrated by bullets or anything. Mind you, these steroids were crippling me one prep at a time. And it's very hard to say that when you're in that zone of being a Bible. You will never admit it. I promise you, you won't. You'll say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. It's not that big a deal. You don't know what you're talking about. You will be in complete denial when you're in that zone because I was too. And I didn't see this side of it till I was out of it. And when I mean out of it, I mean years, extensive months extensive thoughts to myself, thinking to myself, talking to therapists. I didn't realize the extent, the extent of the damage until I was out of it. When I was in that tunnel vision, that zone, there is nothing or nobody that could get me out of it or tell me otherwise. So if you're a bodybuilder right now and you're doing contest prep after contest prep after contest prep after contest prep, you haven't even seen the worst of yourself yet. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to make you aware of what's to come. Now, a lot of guys lose their shit just during contest prep. And then when they go back to offseason, they seem normal. They lose their shit when they go to contest prep because they're cranky from food, right? It's just because it's chicken and rice. No, you dumb motherfuckers. It's because you're on trend, master on equipoise, test, growth hormone, thyroid, clobuterol, fat burners, uh, fucking Winstrol, Anivar, anti-estrogens, Proviron. I mean, like... What the fucking God's name do you think is going to happen to your brain? You think your brain's just supposed to be like, oh, deflect, 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 deflect. Eh, you're okay. Deflect. Def like, you must be crazy to think that all those drugs at one time will not affect you in the long run. And then going on, off, on, off, on, off. Like, there's only so many times you can turn the light switch on and off in your brain like that. And fuck with your serotonin. Fuck with your, your dopamine. It's it's eventually not going to be the same. You're eventually not going to be the same person you were when you went into it. And I'm not saying like you're going into war. I'm not comp comparing it to anything. I'm comparing it to steroids and what they do to you. And I underestimate. I'm not trying to scare you from doing them. I'm telling you to do what you want. But I'm telling you to be aware of what is to come in the future if you continuously do these things to yourself. It's not going to end up well. We've already seen Dallas see what happened to Dallas. We've already seen what happened to Luke. Art Atwood, um, Rich Piana. Um, these are just popular people. I'm trying to name that you guys would know. We've seen, now we've seen Keon pull out of a show randomly. We've saw Sean Roden be accused of these weird charges. We don't know what's going to happen with. We don't know where his, uh, you know, his mental health is at. Um, you know, Flex Lewis is hurt and that has nothing to do with the drugs, but like we see how hard we push our bodies. Look, this guy's literally pushing himself 
to a level that's like deteriorating his knees and his joints and his, his shoulders. He doesn't even fucking care that his body's going to be literally, a, he's going to be in a wheelchair when he gets older <clears throat> for bodybuilding. This is what these things do to you. These things are affecting the way you, your thought process, the way you process things, the way you look at life, your perspective. And we all underestimate them. I did. I thought I was going to be fine. It took me almost six years to get to being normal again. And I'm not saying you're going to be that guy either because I abused steroids. I abused party drugs. I was an idiot. I'm the first one to admit and raise my hand and say, yes, I was probably worse than most people. But there is still repercussions for people that don't have the good as genetics as me because I did recover, right? I didn't have any organ damage, thank God. I did recover. So what happens when someone doesn't do when someone does do that and doesn't do as much as me and doesn't have the same you know response and and probably suffers more or or less or whatever because their genetics aren't as good. Genetics still mean your side effects as well. It doesn't mean how much you grow, it means your side effects. So what's going to happen to the kid that has really shitty side effects as far as steroids go and takes a little bit and fucks himself up just because of a little bit and goes and kills a sister or something. You know what I mean? Because we've seen this happen time and time after again, we're like, no, it can't be steroids. It don't cause roid rage. You fucking crazy. Steroids will alter your, your mind and the way, your ability to think just as much as any party drug or narcotic that you can take. And I'm not saying immediately, but yes, long, long term. Most of us get, once you start steroids, you're committed because you fall in love with the way you feel. You fall in love with the way you look. You get cocky, you get arrogant, you get a bigger ego, you feel confident, you feel secure, you feel like you can conquer the world. But in all reality, we're actually these weak, insecure, uh, you know, bigophobia fucking men. We have literally are the opposite of what we look like. And I'll be the first to admit that. That's why I got into bodybuilding. I didn't like the way I looked. I was insecure. And I loved the feeling strong as a bull. And I loved being big and overpowering people and making them feel like a little bitch because I was such a big fucking dude. I got a rise out of it. Yes, I did. And so does every other fucking big juice head. And there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm just telling you, there's repercussions for everything we do to ourselves. And so many kids nowadays are not thinking about that. I thought about it early on, actually. But I still, I ignored it and just kept going. And luckily I got out early enough in my 20s that I was able to fix myself by the time I was 30. And then bring my life together by the time I was 31, 32. Guys are just getting started at 32. I got out at 20, my last show was 2015. So I got out at 28, right? Most people's careers don't even start at that point. Turned pro at 25. All I'm saying is your mind is still resilient then. As you get older, <clears throat> you have less forgiveness with your body. Your body does not give back as, as well as it did when you were younger. You can fuck yourself up pretty good when you're a kid, your 20s, early 30s. But after that, it's not going to be as forgiving as you want it to be. So take that into consideration before you go down this road. It's nothing to fuck with. And that's why I talk about SARMs because if I had SARMs as readily available as I did back then, and this is not a, this is not a sales pitch. This is being me being as transparent as possible to you about the things you're doing to yourself. If I had them available and they did the same fucking thing, if not better, 
with less neurological problems and side effects down the road and immediate side effects, why would I not take them? I hated needles and I hated throwing them away. I hated pricking myself. I hated the pain. I hated the blood. I hated the abscesses. I hated the infections. I hated everything about them. Why would I not take a pill? It's kind of like a pretty easy. It's a layup, right? Science is only getting better. So take advantage of it, guys. I'm not saying you have to take SARMs, but be smarter about it. Maybe start with SARMs or pro-hormones first. And pro-hormones are even dangerous. But at least you're not going down the committed road of fucking sticking yourself with needles and going down that road. Nothing is good for you at the end of the day. Nothing is. But if you're going to decide to go improve your body and you're going to take something, think about all the circum- all the repercussions of them. Think about all the, the possibilities of things that could happen. But when I had my tunnel vision, I was focused on one thing, and that was winning my pro card. And that was winning Mr. USA. So you couldn't tell me otherwise. I was doing it. But once I got over that hump and once I got old enough and be mature enough and become an adult, I started to really assess what mattered to me the most. And that was living as long as fucking possible. It wasn't shortening my life. And that scared me. As I got older, I got more scared of death. And that's something I came, I had to even talk to a therapist about because I was getting panic attacks about dying early. That's a real thing. <clears throat> what do you think? It's funny or not. It's a scary fucking thing if you really go into deep thought about it. I know this sounds so stupid right now, but I had panic attacks over dying early because I was like, I don't want to leave this place. And this is when I really started to fix myself, guys. This is when I'm like 30 now, you know, a couple years ago. I really come to the, to the point where I'm like, fuck, man, I probably lost 20 years, 15 years easily because of what I did to myself. That's a hard thing to come, come to senses with, that you shortened your life. That's why I talk about anti-aging. That's why I talk about trying to increase the time I'm here, better my health, just better me. It's not about everyone else and what they think of me anymore. It's about me. It's not about what people think of me. It's about me. They're not the ones that have to suffer when I die. My family is, my girlfriend, my f- if I have kids, you know, the loved ones, my friends. I suffer. I die. I disappear. You don't. So I'm going to be a little more cautious about what I put in my body now because that's the way I think. And I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm going to say this again. I'm just trying to raise awareness around these things that we can avoid that cause long-term anxiety and depression and eventually shorten our lives because stress kills. And that's what this, this, this is what today's about. How dangerous stress is and the, the things that we do, oh man, the things that we do to our bodies that cause more, you know, extra stress, like the drugs, like the steroids, like Stressing about whatever, anxiety, depression. All these things take years off your life, guys. I don't, I don't know what it calculates to, but I know stress is horrible for you. Having elevated cortisol levels, not controlling your anger, not controlling your temper, not controlling your sadness, not controlling your anxiety will wear on you worse than anything. I'm a worrier, okay? Just how I am. <clears throat> My mother's a worrier. My mom's side, I get it from her. God bless my mother, but I love her to death, but she is a worrier. And she and it, it I'm literally a carbon copy of my mother when it comes to that stuff. I've been working with therapists, I've been working on myself 
to try to be not so much that person because it's not healthy. It's not good to be that way. I should be confident in things. I should not look at all the bad things. I should not look at the negative side of things. I should look at the positive side of things. These things wear on you just as much as anything else that you put in your body that's toxic. And I think a lot of it is underestimated. I did. That's another thing I underestimated is how much stress and anxiety will literally debilitate your body. You will literally not be able to walk, move, talk, function, think. Stress and anxiety will destroy you so fast. Blood pressure shoots up. Heart rate shoots up. You have a stroke. You have a heart attack. It's over. Done. You don't get too many of those, guys. You can have heart attacks at 25. I'm not going to mention any bodybuilder names, but let's be honest and call it what it is. I mean, these things cause all these extra things to happen that should not be happening at our age. Thank God I got away pretty much harmless. There's a few things that got a little a little shaky in, in the red zone, but for the most part, I walked out harmless. And not many people can say that that did what I did or even tried to do what I do. So I'm trying to help you guys as much as I can and give you guys as much things that I learned along the way to help you. Now, my coping mechanism was was drugs. And the way I got rid of this anxiety was being high. It was it was masking the pain with ketamine, masking the pain with Molly, masking the pain with uh, prescription pills, masking the pain with smoking weed. Masking the pain with being out all the time, drinking alcohol, not sleeping much, being up all fucking night because I'm a worrier. That's how I masked the pain. Even though I wasn't really masking the pain because I was still a mess because I would just have. And on top of it, I'm now putting toxic things in my body on top of the stress. So I'm not helping myself, even though I think I am. I'm convincing myself that, oh, if I just get high, I'm not going to be fucking stressed out or worried. But now I'm just putting something toxic and deadly into my body. So which battle do you want to choose? Which war do you want, you know, do you want to have? Do you want to just figure it out? Or do you want to just keep masking it and masking it and masking it and masking it? That's all I did for fucking five years. I just masked it. I would get high. I would fucking, you know, go out with my friends for two days straight, not come home, be alone with myself, not want to think, even have thoughts to myself, even have, you know, just silence, sit in silence. Try sitting in silence in your apartment when you live by yourself with nothing on and just hear your own thoughts. It's pretty fucking hard for most people that are like me, I, would, I should say. Most people can't do that. Some people like it. Some people thrive in it. Yes, I get it. My girlfriend is one of those. She thrives in that. I'm not. I need to have noise on even right now. This is, you know, me talking is the noise. I'm distracting myself. I could never sit in the room with nothing on. You can ask her right now, what's my biggest pet peeve? I have to have radio on, TV on, YouTube video on, something. Regardless of who I'm with, I, I cannot have silence. I'm not good with it. And it's something I've been working on. It's always a work in progress. But just because you know you found an SSRI that worked for you guys, just because you found a medication that worked for your anxiety, you still need to work on yourself. The thing I didn't stress enough was the medication. The medication is just like, uh, like you know, they do road work and they eventually fix the road and, and patch the holes and repave it, put the lines down, fresh paint. That's all the medication is. It's just 
patching up the road. It's not brand new road, right? It's not going to be brand new. It's not going to look the same. It's not going to match all the way, but it does work. It fixes things. But you need to also fix yourself. Just like those workers are putting the work in to fix that road and, and, and repair the road and where it's damaged, the potholes, you need to do the work. Just because you take the medicine, it's not going to just disappear in the thin air, your problems. Your problems are still there. Your brain is just, now th- the thought process is just working differently. So instead of going to here at first, this negative thought, it's going to bring you here to a positive thought. Instead of drilling your brain all day on this one thing and being stuck and, and just so isolated on this one problem all day, your brain's going to allow you to think differently. It's going to allow you to process multiple thoughts. So you still have to work on it. It's just a tool, okay? It's like a, it's like a carpenter having hammer, screwdriver, drill, fucking, you know, whatever. You have a bunch of tools to use. It's a tool. I thought the same thing. Oh, I popped this pill. I'm going to be fixed. I'm good. And I'm just sitting there waiting every day at the end of my bed in my bedroom. I remember my old apartment waiting for this pill to kick in every day, watching the clock. I'm like, oh, I'm going to feel good today. And it doesn't happen. Don't let yourself get down. Don't let yourself have these expectations that aren't going to happen. Go out there and fix yourself. Work on yourself every day. You'd be so fucking surprised of how much you can can improve and fix yourself once you get a therapist and they teach you these skills. They teach you these these, um, homework assignments to have to retrain your brain. Retrain your think your thought process. Retrain the way you your body your your mind analyzes something. So when I go read something like a caption or a comment or I watch an article, I can control where my thoughts go now. I'm not trying to sound like telepathic or someone that's above anybody. I'm telling you that I can control my thoughts now. Instead of those things turning into a negative, and this sounds really cheesy too. Like I don't let them become negative anymore. And I control what thoughts I have registered. Like if I read something, I don't have to absorb it. I don't have to take it in and, 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 and feel it. I used to feel everything I read. I used to feel everything I saw. If I saw someone die in the news, I would be crippled. Like it would have fucked me up mentally, even though I didn't know the person. I'm not trying to sound like a softy, but like things affected me very easily. You have to work on these skills. Just like the gym where you get the muscle mind connection, you get the mind connection, okay? The neuro mind connection. You have to learn that. And it took me years to do it. I was terrible at it first. Some people pick it up probably faster than others, but I was not very good at it. There was days where I was good, and I have a stream of, of bad days. You have to work on it. It's not going to just fix itself. It's not, like I told you, it's not the answer, but it's definitely a huge help, the medication. It's not a lifelong thing. You don't have to be on it forever. It's not going to cause any immediate side effects. You're not going to have any dick issues, all these dumb questions I get. They're not the devil. They are a blessing in disguise for as well as they work. At, at my peak, I was on Lexapro, Busaprin, Wellbutrin, Xanax, and Suboxone. Now, these are all things, right, to fix me. Now, this is when I really had a reality check when I was like, you know what? I'm on, if not more drugs now than I was before every single day because now I'm taking <laughs> Lexapro, Busaprin, Oh, propanolog too, okay, for lowering my blood pressure. Um, I'm not saying these are unhealthy or toxic. Like I said, they're not toxic or or the devil. But 
Lexapro, Buciprin, Propanolog, Xanax, Suboxone. You know, five to six things a day I'm taking all day long. Wellbutrin, too. That's when I really was like, I've got to really fix myself now. And you're probably like, what the fuck? Where are we going with this? Where we're going is there's levels to this. And like I said earlier, when I first started the series, you're going to understand why I broke the series down the way I did and why I'm explaining the things I did. Because I took you along for a little ride. I took you through my story and how I gradually fixed myself and I gradually was winning trophies along the way. Okay, I like it to call it. I won multiple championships because I, I had small wins along the way. I wasn't cured in one shot. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I, I came out of this depression. I took this Lexapro and I was cured. It took me five to six medicines and five to six years later to become fixed and to be able to sit here and have this discussion with you guys that are listening. This is not an overnight fix, guys. This is not going to be fixed on one medication. It's not going to be fixed in a month or six months. If you have a real problem, I'm talking people right now on this camera that are watching on the other side that have real anxiety, real depression. And if you're watching this, you know who you are because you know exactly where I'm coming from. This is not Does you know, deep down, it's a deep rooted problem and it's not going to be fixed overnight. You know that. And I came in, I came to a, I had closure with that thought. I was like, you know what? Like I keep trying to look for this overnight, this remedy. It's not there. I need to give things time. Now, this is like a year or two in. I'm like, okay, you know, I feel better, but I'm not a hundred percent. Now I'm a hundred and one point one percent. Hundred and one percent point one. I am over the hump and then some, but prior to this year, I wasn't. Until I lost that weight halfway through, I started feeling myself again. And that was like literally the, the I, I was at the peak of feeling the best. And when I got over that hump of losing the weight and I started to look like myself again, that's when I really hit the gas pedal and felt like myself. Because that was the last thing I needed to do was just get my body back to being healthy. Because your physical appearance has a lot to do with your mental health as well. So once I had all avenues covered, And like I said before, where I was going with this was that once I cleared all those drugs out of my system now, and literally I take propanolog now, that's the only thing I use for my, uh, my heart rate gets a little crazy at the gym because I haven't been to the gym in so fucking long. It's been almost two years since I trained on the regular and I don't even need it now. Actually, I'm actually the second weekend. I feel fine now, but when I first got back to the gym, the, the, the racing, the, the racing of my heart would almost give me anxiety because I was not used to my body. My central nervous system was not used to the taxing of the weights and stuff like that. So I was getting a little anxiety after the gym and Leo, who I do the show with told me, he's like, why don't you try Propanolog? You have a script for it. Take it before the gym an hour before the gym, 20 milligrams. I guarantee it goes away. And he's right. It, it cured everything. So thank you, Leo. And I told him this, but that was the last thing I was taking. I'm all full of those meds now, guys. Like, was I happy when I was on those meds? I was pretty good. I'm not saying, I, but I still wasn't myself. I still wanted to be off all that shit because I knew that wasn't going to last for my entire life. I knew eventually I had to just whittle, you know, dwindle down to nothing. I couldn't be on all those meds for the rest of my life. Whether it was 
even if it was healthy, let's just say it had no side effects long-term, which it really doesn't. I mean, if you want to get technical, it does, but it wasn't going to cause any damage. I could have definitely wrote it out, but I really wasn't winning then because all I did was switch from one set of drugs that are quote unquote bad for you to another set of drugs that supposedly fix you. And I wanted to just be cleansed of all that. I wanted to just be done with it because I literally just flip-flop now. Now I'm on things that just bring me back to normal, but it's still drugs. I just didn't want to be dependent on anything. I wanted to be myself again. I haven't been this pure of, as of Nick Trigilli since I was probably 14 years old because I started steroids at 15 and I never turned back. If we're just talking about testosterone, that's all I'm taking now, guys. And I'm replacing, I'm not on high testosterone, I'm on HRT. So this is literally the most purest I've ever, and I sounds really weird saying that word right now, but this is the purest I've ever been in my entire life almost, pretty much. I mean, for, it is. And that's a win, baby. That's a fucking win in my book. And it took a lot, guys. Like, it, <laughs> I'm getting a little soft right now, but it, it fucking hurt. Like, it, it hurt to look at myself on the screen. And for you guys that might have said something negative about me when I was fat and weird and dozing off and looked like a druggie, I mean, you were right. I mean, it hurt. But I had to see it to really, really... Um, make a change, you know, like those comments hurt me, but at the same time, they actually probably helped me because if I didn't, it's weird how social media works guys, because we don't want to hear all those negative things. We don't want to read them about ourselves. We don't see people talk shit, but like sometimes our haters are telling us the truth and sometimes hard to stomach the truth, but It's been a long road. That's all I'm going to say. And those comments, whether they hurt me or not at the time and whether I, I lashed out on somebody or not, all I got to say is like, <laughs> put yourself in my shoes and then we can talk. You know what I mean? And that's just the truth. Like, that's just the reality of it. Like, I don't, I don't claim to, to know how someone else's problems. I don't claim to be able to be this super alpha dude like I come off as. I'm pretty real and transparent to you guys about everything for the most part. I mean, I, there's nothing you guys really don't know about me. I mean, my entire life since I was pretty much 18 years old, give or take a couple of years, has been publicized. And people talk about me for whatever reason they want to talk about me. They do. And I'm not claiming to be famous or anything, but my life has been pretty public for the most part for my most of my life. For, as public as it can be, right? As a bodybuilder. I'm not talking about celebrity or anything, but... If something happens to me, people talk about it, right? Nick did gay for pay. Nick did drugs. Nick does this. Nick does steroids. He does too much steroids. He does this. He lost his show. He quit body. But I mean, regardless of what move I make, it's talked about. So it's a lot to absorb. Does it affect me really me me mentally? No. Like, but I, I. But when you read comments that are so harsh about you and the way you look, eventually it wears on you. And we're all human, guys. But did I let it like destroy me? No. Did I let it take me down? No. Because I'm here. I'm recovered. I'm successful. I'm happy as shit. And I'm able to sit here and talk to you guys about it now. So on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed this series. Next week will be another really good series. I hope you guys stay tuned for it. I'm trying to get this YouTube channel back. So share it with your friends. Subscribe. Click the bell. Comment. And um, for anyone out there that this helped... I hope uh, 
I was able to shed some light on things for you, and I hope you fix yourself. And uh, this is a toast to a new way of running my YouTube channel with series. I really like this this style, and I hope you guys do too. Peace out.